won't come on, and that's my clock. So if I go past noon, start throwing white flags and just say, we give up and we'll be done. I'm kidding. Don't do that. But um, how many of you have ever made a New Year's resolution? Ever been there? How many of you have ever kept a New Year's resolution? Yeah, considerably less, right? Well, this year we've been talking these last few weeks about healthy habits for a new year. And so instead of making one big sweeping resolution, we've been talking about habits that we can have that help us have a better year, a healthier year in Christ. And there's a pastor that I like. I read his stuff and I listen to his podcast. His name is Craig Rochelle. You hear me quote him fairly often. But he has this line. He says, if you want to make huge changes in your life, make small changes that will lead to big changes. He said the small things that we change are what lead to the big changes down the road. And so we've been talking about, uh, the first week we talked about handling change and adapting to change as it comes, as God brings change into our lives. Uh, Two weeks ago we talked about our thoughts, changing our thoughts. If you missed any of those, you can go on our website and you can listen to those there, also in our app. Um, But this week I want to talk about words, changing the way that we speak. I know some of you are already shutting off. You're like, oh, don't want to hear that, right? But how many of you know words are important? Well, there was a guy who was driving a refrigerated truck full of penguins, and he was taking them to the zoo. And uh, his truck broke down about 30 miles outside of town, and his refrigeration unit went out. And he said, man, this is going to be bad. I'm going to have a bunch of dead penguins. It's not going to be good. We saw a soft drink truck coming down the road, one of those refrigerated soft drink trucks. And so he flagged the driver down, and he said, hey, man, I've got a load of penguins in here. I'm taking to the zoo. My truck wrote down. He said, I will pay you $500 if you'll deliver, take these penguins to the zoo. And I said, all right, I can do that. So they loaded the penguins up in his truck, and he took off down the road. Well, the guy got his truck fixed, and he drove into town. And he saw the driver of the refrigerated truck walking across the street, and all these penguins were following him in a little line. So he jumped out. I said, man, what are you doing? I asked you to take these penguins to the zoo. And he said, well, I did, and we got done, so now we're going to go see a movie. So... <laughs> How many of you know sometimes our words are misinterpreted a little bit, right? Well, you know, when we talk to others, when we talk to ourselves, what we say has a lot of power. How many of you know that? Our words are powerful. Solomon, one of the wisest men to ever live, in Proverbs chapter 18 says this. He says, the tongue has the power of life and death, and those who love it, Lead his fruit. In the New Living Translation, I like it even better. It says, The tongue can bring death or life. Those who love to talk will reap the consequences. <laughs> How many of you ever rep, re, re, repped consequences of your words, right? Say things and we go, Oh, man. Uh, sometimes we say things to our spouse and it comes back years later. You ever had that? I mean, have you ever said things to a friend and they were no longer a friend? How many of you have been on the other end of those things? People say things to you that tear us down and hurt us, right? Words are powerful. And if we want to change our lives, if we want to grow in our relationship with God, and if we want to be used more of God, sometimes we're going to have to change the way that we talk. Sometimes we need to change the way we talk to others, but also to ourselves. I don't know about you guys, but I can be very kind to other people I can be pretty mean to myself, right? I can really encourage other people, and then I get, uh, right, myself. So we're going to talk about some 
having life-giving words. And so I want you to take a moment and think about this month. We're in January 26th, okay, so you got almost a month. I want you to think about this month. I want you to think about the words that you've said to other people and to yourself. I want you to kind of take an audit real quick, just really quickly in your brain. Think about what you said. So have you given, have you said more life-giving words or have you said more life-taking words to other people and to yourself? How have you talked to yourself? How have you talked to others? Now, I'm not talking about the whole self-talk, you know, we'll, we'll talk about that here in a minute, but what comes out of our mouth more regularly? Are, are they good, helpful, building others up, or are they life-taking? And so, you know, if we look at relationships, we could trace a lot of problems back to one thing, words. If you look at a marriage that's in trouble, you know what one of the biggest problems is? Words. If you look at friendships that are on the rocks, a lot of times it comes down to words. If we feel like we're not living up to our potential, a lot of times that can be traced back to the way we talk to ourselves. So I want to give us a couple of thoughts about having life-giving words. And so the first thing we need to do is, is we need to think carefully before we talk. We need to stop and think a little bit before we talk, right? So we need to understand the power of words. I read Proverbs 18.21, Solomon said, the tongue can bring death or life. Well, what does that look like? Well, you can talk to your kids and say, hey, you know what? You're smart. You can do this. I believe in you. You can do great things. Or we can say, you're no good at anything. You're never going to make it. You're never going to do this. You see that? And some of you have been on the other end of that. When you were a kid, your parents would use more of that. You're never, you're not good enough. You're not, you're not, you're not. And what does that do? That carries over, doesn't it? Carries over into our lives. Proverbs 12, 18, Solomon said, Some people make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise bring healing. The words of the wise can bring healing. Proverbs 15, 4 says, Gentle words are a tree of life. A deceitful tongue crushes the spirit. Did you catch those? Cutting, crushing. Words can bring healing or they can bring death, depending on how we use them. So our words can heal, according to Solomon. And a lot of you can say, I remember one time in my life, I was really hurting and someone came and, and spoke life to me. They said things that brought healing. They brought, said things that brought peace. They can build others up. They can grow people's relationship with Christ. Did you know the words that you say to other people can help them grow in Christ? If you build them up. But you can also, on the other hand, words can tear down. They can hurt. Did you know your words can actually cause people to fall in their relationship with Christ? If we look around, there are a lot of people who aren't in church today anywhere because of what someone said to them. Or maybe even what someone didn't say to them. And so, we need to, to understand that words are powerful. And then, how many of you ever heard this saying when you were a kid? If you can't say anything good, don't say anything at all. I'm from Missouri, so like, if you can't say nothing good, don't say nothing at all. And that makes the grammar people go, ugh. So, trademark. But, yeah, if you're not going to say anything good sometimes, the best thing to say is 
nothing. Now, I'm not saying not giving constructive criticism, okay? If you see something, someone doing something that's hurtful or painful or going to end in destruction, absolutely you need to say something. But if you just want to criticize for the sake of criticizing, sometimes the best thing to do is put on the brakes and not say anything. Right? Ephesians 4.29, Paul says this, Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. James chapter 3. If you have Bibles with you, if you want to turn there, James chapter 3. So James was the brother of Jesus. Now think about that for a minute. <laughs> James was the brother of Jesus. Any of you ever live under the shadow of your brother or your sister? Imagine being James. Why can't you be more like your brother? Well, he's God. I don't think I can, right? I mean, that would be a tough thing. And so James was actually a follower of Jesus. Now think about that. <laughs> your brother is the Messiah. You changed his diaper, possibly, when he was a baby, right? Think about that. James followed Jesus. So if you ever have anyone say, well, I don't think Jesus was really the Messiah, point him to James. <laughs> his brother was God, and he still followed him, right? But James is a very practical guy. It's one of my very favorite books. Listen to what James says in James chapter 3. This is the New Living Translation. We're in verses 3 through 12. We can make a large horse go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a small rudder can make a huge ship turn wherever the pilot chooses to go, even though the winds are strong. In the same way, the tongue is a small thing that makes grand speeches. But a tiny spark can set a great forest on fire. And among all the parts of the body, the tongue is a flame of fire. It's a whole world of wickedness corrupting your entire body. It can set your whole life on fire, for it's set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It's restless and evil, full of deadly poisons. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it curses those who have been made in the image of God. Wow. Did you hear that? And so blessing and cursing come out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out both fresh water and bitter water? Does a tr fig tree produce olives or a grapevine produce figs? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty spring. So, James here says that we need to be careful about what we say. He said you can set your whole life on fire by the words that you speak. We can hurt relationships with the words that we speak. I'm, um, I'm an assistant coach for 7th grade basketball. Yeah, pray for me. Um, it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy it. But um, the ones I work with are the kids that have never played ball before, the D team. Uh, a lot of kids, that, I mean, they've never dribbled before they came to basketball to play. Um, and so I do a lot of encouraging and a lot of correcting. And I have to catch myself sometimes because I say, we've done this every single day. <laughs> every single day, you know, but I want to, but I can't. Because you know what I've realized what I do as a coach can have effects on these kids for years. And they all know that I'm a pastor. So if I lose my temper, you know how rumors spread through seventh grade? That's the guy that's evil, you know, so I don't want that. 
So we need to consider that the words that we speak, are on, they're often going to get repeated. And the words that we speak have repercussions beyond just ourselves. So sometimes, if we just want to criticize, if I want to say something about someone, I need to stop and think, maybe I should hold off. And then we need to take opportunities to build others up. Say the things that you wish other people would have said to you. Jesus gave this thing we call the golden rule, where he says, do to others as you want them to do to you. Apply that to our words. I want to be the guy. I want to be the person that says things that I wish other people would say to me. Be the spouse that you wish your spouse was to you. Be the coach that you wish your kids had. Be the employee that you wish was working for you. And guys, a lot, seriously, a lot of our marriage problems can all be brought back to words. If we want to change our marriages, try changing the way that we speak. Right? Using more appreciative words and hurtful or complaining words can make a big difference in a marriage, right? Giving more compliments than we give complaints could really change a marriage. So, Here's the thing. God has given us incredible power with the way that we talk. And I'm not one of those saying, you know, speaking and creating things with our words or whatever, but we know that we can bring death to people spiritually, emotionally, by the way that we speak, or we can bring life by the way that we speak. Our words are really powerful, so sometimes we need to stop and think about what we're going to say. And then we need to take every opportunity to say something kind. Don't hold back from encouraging people. Don't hold back from being an encouragement. Proverbs 16, 24, again, Solomon, wisest man to ever live, says, kind words are like honey, sweet to the soul and healthy for the body. And so here's the thing I've really tried to do in my own life, and I've heard other people talk about this too. If you think something encouraging about someone... Say it. Because if you don't say it, guess what? They're never going to hear it. So I, this is something I try to do in my own life. If I'm at a restaurant and the waiter does a good job, I try to say, hey, you did a great job. Thank you. I appreciate that. And then I leave a tip. <laughs> and don't, don't trade those out. Because, you know, kind words aren't going to buy them dinner. But say it. If your spouse does something, thank them for it. <laughs> I... I I probably shouldn't say this, but I got pulled over one time years ago for driving on expired plates. I didn't realize my wife's plates were expired. And I got pulled over right in front of the school. It was awesome. No, it really wasn't. I dropped my kid off. and The cop was kind enough not to turn his lights on, but he came up and said, hey, did you know the plates on your van are expired? And I said, I did not, but I do now. <laughs> and so he was writing me a ticket, and God really prompted me to say, I want you to thank him for doing his job. I was like, are you kidding me? And it was a fix-it ticket, so it didn't cost me anything. But when he came, I said, thank you for doing your job. And he said, okay, and left. But seriously, if I don't say it, they're never going to hear it, are they? You know what our church did after that? Our church, we got a grant from one place, and we've done this twice. We bought ink pens for all our police officers in town. Really nice cross, the brand cross pens, and had them engraved with their number. And we gave them to them. And the chief of police caught me one day. We had a funeral here at the church, and they were directing traffic. And he came up and said, you know what? I want to thank you for doing those pins. I said, oh, no problem. And he said, no, seriously, no one has ever done anything for us before, ever, in the history that I've been here. 
He said, thank you for that, for showing appreciation. So just thinking it in your head is not going to change someone's life. But if I speak those words out, it can really change someone. So if you think it and it's kind, (laughs) say it. Now, we all know those people who think unkind things and they just kind of out. There's no filter, right? But if you think something kind or encouraging, say it because that will do something. So don't hold back from encouraging other people, but then don't hold back from encouraging yourself. I know this sounds really foo-foo, la-la, whatever, but that's not it. So this is not what I'm talking about. I got a little video here. I am successful, I am powerful, I am handsome, I am happy. Successful, powerful, handsome, happy. (laughs) Okay, that's not what I'm talking about. All right. Now, some days we need that. But don't hold back from encouraging yourself. Listen to this. 1 Samuel chapter 30, verses 1 through 6. This is an incredible story. So David was leading troops to go uh, in battle. Listen to what happened. Three days later, When David and his men arrived home at their town of Ziklag, they found that the Amalekites had made a raid into the Negev and Ziklag. They had crushed Ziklag and burned it to the ground. Now listen to this. They carried off the women and children and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, Abinoam from Jezreel and Abigail, the widow of Nabal from Carmel, were among those captured. David was now in great danger because all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters, and they began to talk of stoning him. Okay, do you think that's a bad day? Do you think you might be a little bit discouraged? I took all the men, and we went out, and we fought a battle, and we came back, and our wives and kids are gone. Bad day. Bad day to be a leader. But look what David did. It says that David found strength in the Lord his God. The King James translation said David encouraged himself in the Lord. David stopped and said, you know what? This is a bad day, but I know that God can do great things through me. And David and his men went and captured him. They found all their wives and kids and brought them all back home. And then they brought a lot of plunder besides that. But David could have just said, man, you are such an idiot. Why did you go do this? Why did you? You ever been there? But instead of doing that, David stopped and said, you know what? I know that God can do this through me. I know that I can do all things. He didn't say this because he didn't know it yet. But we can say I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. This doesn't mean I can go out and buy a Ferrari through Christ unless he wants you to. But it does mean I can do everything that Christ wants me to do because he is the one who strengthens me. Encourage yourself in that. Now, I am terrible at this, guys. I am one of those. I'm a self-doubter all the time we play softball i love playing center field or left field or right field in softball i love being an outfielder i love being in chase down balls but you know what happens every time a big pop fly gets hit i'm sitting there saying don't drop it don't drop it don't drop it don't drop it don't drop it. and you know what i do sometimes i drop it because i freak myself out but if i just stop and say oh, i can do this i can i can do i can do that i can do you know sometimes i still drop it but i can encourage myself so Guys, many of us, this is not self-prosperity, self-aggrandizing, any of that stuff, but this is simply saying, I know that God has called me to do this. I know that God has called me to be a good husband, a good wife, a good mom, a good dad. 
I know God has called me to be a godly student, to encourage my teacher. I know God has done this, so God can do this through me. When you're playing sports, I know that God can use my good attitude to affect other people. I know that I can do this through Christ. So we need to sometimes encourage ourselves in Christ. Psalm 43, 5, again, David said, Why, my soul, are you so downcast? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God, for I will yet praise Him, my Savior and my God. Sometimes you just have to talk to yourself and encourage yourself. Why are you so down? Remember what Christ has done. Look at what God can do through me. Right? Are you there? So, and then we need to say what we want to see. Again, this is not prosperity. I'm not saying, well, it be full and it's full. That doesn't work, right? But sometimes we need to say what we want God to do. In Matthew chapter 21, verse 21 and 22, Jesus said, I tell you, if you have faith and don't doubt, not only can you do what was done to the fig tree, because he had cursed a fig tree and made it rot, but you can also say to this mountain, go throw yourself into the sea and it will be done. If you believe, you'll receive whatever you ask for in prayer. In other words, we need to speak God's word over different situations, right? We need to say what God wants to do. Now, I've seen the flip side of this, guys. I was a youth pastor. Amy and I were youth and kids pastors for eight years. I saw parents that constantly told their kids, you're not going to do anything. You're worthless. You're terrible. You're not good enough. You can't do it. And guess what? A lot of those kids didn't amount to a whole lot because they believed they couldn't. But I also saw parents that said, hey, God's got a great plan for your life. I believe God is going to use you to do something. I believe that God has given you abilities and talents. And guess what? They did, because they believed it. And we know what God has said about us, right? Jesus said, I've called you friends. You love me because I first loved you. We know those things that Jesus said about us, so sometimes we need to say those things. In Ezekiel 37, Jesus, or God told Ezekiel to go and prophesy to speak to these dead bones what God said about them, and they came to life. So guys, sometimes we just need to stop and take God's word and say, this is what he says. The Lord tells me to be a good husband to my wife. The Lord tells me to be a good wife to my husband. The Lord tells me to be a good father, a good, all the different things. Sometimes we just need to say what God says. I heard a preacher one time that said he prayed over his kids every night. He prayed for their future. He prayed for their integrity. He prayed for their innocence every night over his kids. After they went to bed, he would go in and pray over them. I think that's a great thing to pray, don't you? To say what you want to see. So, Lord, I pray that you would keep them innocent. I pray that you would keep their hearts pure. I pray that you would keep them in your plan. Saying what you want to see. Praying what you want to see. Craig Rochelle said, if you want to change your world, change your words. I think that's pretty good. Sometimes we need to change the way that we speak. And again, I've seen it when... You know, when we can encourage people and we say godly things over them, things change. So guys, some of you this year have said, I want this to be a year where my marriage grows. I want my marriage to be better this year. Hopefully no one says, I want my marriage to be worse. <laughs> we say, I want my marriage to be better this year. I want my kids to be better this year. I want to do better at my job this year. Sometimes we just need to take a small step and say, you know, I'm going to change the way that I speak. 
Instead of constantly complaining to my boss, I'm going to try to encourage them instead. Instead of finding everything that's wrong with my spouse and every time they leave the toilet seat up or their socks on the floor, instead I'm going to try to encourage them. Thank you for picking up your socks today. I didn't. Oh, but you will. Thank you. Right? Or, you know, things like that. Don't try that. That doesn't work. But instead of thanking them, instead of constantly finding what our kids are doing wrong, find some things they do right and tell them that and encourage them in that. So just sometimes making these small changes can lead to huge changes down the road. That's why God says so much about our words. Proverbs is full of verses about the way that we talk. The epistles. Paul's writing, Peter's writing, James is writing. They're full of things about our words because our words carry a lot of weight. We all have influence over people. And somebody say, well, I'm the lowest one on the pole. I'm, you know, I'm just a freshman or I'm just this or this. You still influence a lot of people. People are constantly watching you. So what are some practical things we can do? Well, the first one, probably the best thing, know when to stop talking. <laughs> you ever met someone and you said, would you please just, you know, in your brain, you're like, please stop talking. Please stop talking. You're just making this worse. Sometimes we talk and it's like our mouth is falling down the stairs. You know, it's just getting worse and worse and worse and worse, right? I've, I've told myself, I hear myself talking in my brain. I'm saying, stop, 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 you know, and I just like, and it just gets more awkward, right? Listen to what Solomon said in Proverbs 17, 28. Even fools are thought wise when they keep silent. When their mouth shut, they seem intelligent. You ever met anybody like that? I thought you were really smart until you started talking, right? Um, I think Ben Franklin actually said that. It's better to be thought of fool than to open your mouth and make it known. There's a guy that joined a monastery. He wanted to get closer to the Lord, so he went and joined a monastery, took a vow of silence. For three years, he was not permitted to speak except once at the end of the year when he could say two words. 364 days a year, he had to stay quiet. He was allowed at the very last day of the year to say two words. So the first year he's there, the entire year, at the end of the year he comes up and he says, bed hard. At the end of the second year he says, food cold. <laughs> at the end of the third year he's had it. He comes in and says, I quit. At the head monk says, well, it doesn't surprise me. All you've done is complain since you've been here. <laughs> sometimes we just need to know when to not talk. And guys, sometimes we have to speak up. When thing, and please, I'm not saying overlook abuse. I'm not saying overlook things that are hurtful. But sometimes when we're, when we're tempted to complain, sometimes we need to stop. Sometimes when we're frustrated, we need to stop and think for a while before we speak. Sometimes we need to go take a walk before we speak. Sometimes we need to go take a drive before we say something. Think through what we're going to say. Sometimes that filter between our brain and our mouth malfunctions, Right? So sometimes the best thing we can do is just stop talking. One of my professors used to tell us, never miss a good chance to shut up. And that's stuck up here. He was talking about preachers, but I think it works for everybody. And then we realize that our words indicate what's in our hearts. We need to realize that our words indicate what's in our hearts. Well, why do you say that, Pastor? Well, Jesus said it. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 33, it says, Make a tree good and its fruit will be good. Or make a tree bad and its fruit will be bad. For a tree is recognized by its fruit. You brood of vipers. He's talking to the Pharisees. How can you who are evil say anything good? For the, 
mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Did you catch that? The mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Out of the overflow of our hearts comes out of our mouths, right? A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in him, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in him. But I tell you that everyone will have to give an account on the day of judgment for every empty word they've spoken. For by your words you'll be acquitted, and by your words you'll be condemned. Listen to that. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. So those words that come out of our mouth, they're not just coming out of the air, they're coming out of here. So our words are the fruit of what's happening inside of us. So if we want to really change the way that we speak this year, first we need to let God change our hearts. Sometimes we say, Lord, would you work on this? Then this gets better. (laughs) If we can let God work on our hearts and take that stuff out of our hearts, then what comes out of our mouths will reflect what's in there. I've always heard that the best way to judge what's in a person's heart is to let them hit their finger with a hammer. What come out? Or when your wrench slips, sometimes what's in here comes out of here, right? And then let God use our words to build others up. Guys, we never know. We never know when we're going to be the person that God uses to change someone's life. We had a guy that used to go to church here. He's passed on, but man, his name was Mike Winslow. And this guy had this uncanny ability of being at the right place at the right time. It was amazing. He would just show up. If you're having a horrible day, he would just show up and just, hey, I just want to encourage you today. <laughs> oh, man, I needed that. I mean, I've heard stories. He would show up at people's workplaces and they were having a bad day and just happened to be there, you know, and just take him encouragement, pray for him. You never know when you're going to be that person for someone else. So allow God to use you. Sometimes you're going to feel that prompting. Just, hey, go talk to this person. Then the Holy Spirit is saying, go talk to them. And you say, I don't, I don't, why? Why would I want to do that? You never know when you're going to be the person that can do that. I love Psalm 1914. It says, may these words of my mouth and the meditation in my heart be pleasing in your sight, O Lord. (laughs) Psalm 141.3 says, set a guard over my mouth, Lord. Keep watch over the door of my lips. So be that person that encourages someone else. And just say, Lord, let what comes out of my mouth today please you. Let what comes out of my mouth today be encouraging to someone else. And encouragement doesn't just mean, well, great job. Sometimes encouragement means you need to change the way that you do this so you can be better. You need to stop doing this so your life can be better. So encouragement comes in a lot of different forms. It's not just fluffy, fluffy bunnies, you know, kind of things. It can be, can I help you with this? So what I want you to do is, we're going to pray here in just a moment. I'm going to have the worship team go ahead and come up. But I would like us to set some practical goals for our words. Maybe God's encouraging you, you know what, one time a day, encourage someone. Many of you have seen the movie Fireproof. Where a guy was trying to change his marriage. And so he got this book where he did a challenge every day. And you notice the first couple days of that challenge were not to say anything negative. And the next day it was not to say anything negative and add something positive to his spouse. And he kept doing those things. And eventually, marriage got better. So some of us could set some goals like that. Lord, would you help me to encourage one person every day? If I think something, Lord, help me to say it. So if you're physically able, would you stand this morning?
So Lord, we come this morning, we thank you for the incredible privilege you give us of being able to encourage others. Lord, we also see the incredible ability we have of being able to tear others down. So we pray that, that today, all across this room, that you would speak to our hearts. Lord, there are some of us who are here who have been incredibly encouraging to others, and we pray you help us to continue that. Lord, there are some of us here that have been incredibly hurtful to others. Lord, I pray you'd help us to fix that. So help us to be wise with our words. Lord, like David said, Lord, put a guard over our mouth sometimes. Let what comes out of our mouths bring honor and glory to you. So Lord, I just pray you would speak to our hearts today. Lord, if we need to work on the things we say to others, show us that. Lord, if we need to work on the things we say to ourselves, Lord, would you show us that? Lord, I pray that you would heal marriages here starting today with the small change we make today. Lord, would you heal relationships with children by starting a small change today in us? Lord, would you heal friendships? Would you change schools? Would you change businesses with what we do today? So with every head bowed, every eye closed, you're here this morning you say, you know, Pastor, I, I don't have a relationship with Christ like you talked about. I've never asked him to forgive my sins. I've never asked him to, to come in and change my life, but you know, I want to do that. I want to have a relationship with God today. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up right where you're at? We want to pray with you this morning. All right, I'm going to ask two simple questions this morning. If you're here and you say, you know, I need to change the way that I talk to others. I realize that, that I've been hurtful or I can be hurtful or I can be kind of sarcastic sometimes and it hurts people's feelings. And I want to change that today. If that's you, would you slip your hand up right where you're at? I just need to change the way that I talk to others. And if you're here this morning and say, you know, Pastor, I need to change the way that I talk to myself. Man, I, I am so hard on myself. I, I constantly am negative towards myself. If that's you, would you slip your hand up? I just want to change the way... If you raise your hand, I'm going to ask you to, to pray with me here. And, and if you want, you can come to the front. Others can come and pray for you. If you want to pray in your seat, that's as okay as well. Let's pray this morning. Father, I pray for all these that raise their hands, Lord. Some of us need to change the way we talk to others. Lord, we can be hurtful. We can do like Solomon said and, and, and have cutting remarks that hurt. Lord, sometimes we can be overly negative with others. Sometimes we can be the first one to be that that discouraging person. Lord, would you help us to change that? Or some of us here today, we need to change the way we talk to ourselves instead of constantly belittling ourselves, constantly putting ourselves down and, and keeping us from doing what you would have us to do. Lord, would you help us with that today as well? Lord, help us to make a change today that will result in a change for the rest of our lives. Lord, will we see families change through this? Will we see workplaces and schools change through this? Sports teams change through this? Father, help us to do it in Jesus' name. Amen. We're going to sing a worship song here. If you want to come to the front and pray, you can do that. If you want to come and pray for someone who's up there, you can do that as well. Worthy of every song we could ever sing. Worthy of all praise we could ever bring. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe, we live for you.
Jesus, the name above every other name. Jesus, the only one who could ever see. Just say worthy. Worthy of every breath we could ever breathe. We live for you.